In today's show, we are live here on YouTube answering your questions. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We're here to answer your questions. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of, this guy's got this schedule and we need this in the playoffs and this guy's injured and what do I do with this guy? Because that's what happens at this point in the season. And to answer all of those questions, I am joined by the one and the only Adam Kingy King. Kingy, hello. Morning, mate. How are you today? I am uh, I'm pretty good. I'm ready to go and uh, ready to get into these questions and... I hope we get some information on Kevin Durant. I don't think we will. I th- they don't practice again until tomorrow, so I don't think we'll get any news until then on that one. But we're here to answer people's questions about their fantasy basketball teams. So let's um, let's get into it and just let's, let's just do it. All right, Shapaz says, would you drop Mark Williams for Isaiah Livers or Charles Bassey to get two extra games played next week in the playoffs? I'm worried about having three players with a two-game schedule. Uh, Mark Williams for Bassey to get two extra games. Oh, look, maybe for Bassey, probably not for Liver. Well, Detroit are a mess. Maybe they for are. Bassey. Um, yeah, look, yeah, I'd, I'd possibly, if you're getting two extra games. I don't know. My, my concern when you plan ahead that far is that teams are resting guys and injuries, all sorts of things. So you, on paper, you get two extra games, but who's to say that Bassey doesn't get injured and then you've dropped Mark Williams? That is that is true. That is part of the, the issue with a lot of that stuff. And look, Bassey's probably a borderline 12-team league guy anyway. With four games next week, he, if he plays four games, he is probably a top 100-ish sort of a guy as a total value sort of situation, which only improves if he plays all four and other guys sit. But you're right. Maybe he doesn't play all four. Like we don't We don't know that. It is tough to do. But I do agree with the general part of this question saying, you know, he's got three three players with two game schedules. Like that's probably you're not going to be able to win. What's going to be very un, very unlikely to win dealing with that level of game deficiency. And while we all do love Mark Williams and what he's able to do, like you you have to make calls. Like, and I think what you could hope is that your opponent picks him up and only gets two games out of that roster slot. Like, that might be something that's a benefit for you. Of course, then you look at, oh, then what happens the week after? But you've got to get through that. And yeah, if your team you're playing's bashed up with a million injuries, then yeah, it doesn't matter if you have two-game guys because they're going to get zero-game guys. But you need to be willing to make that call. So, Livers is notoriously unfantasy friendly Like, the gap between Bassey and Livers is pretty gigantic mm. from a fantasy perspective. So, I don't know if I'd consider it for Livers. And I'm pretty sure if I look at my weekly projections for next week, Livers, yeah, Livers is behind Mark Williams even playing two fewer games, which is not easy to do. But Bassey is significantly ahead. So, while you're right, there is a risk that Bassey plays three games and they become sort of even, you know, the, the balance of probability is you're going to have to make some moves based on based on that schedule. 
All right. AJ Negrelli. What version of Thibault will we see over the next seven days? The lights out shooter from his arrival? Or no, I'll tell you that right now. You're not going to see that. Or the more typical version that we've seen in the last four years. How about we just go with the guy that we've seen for four years versus the guy we saw for three games? That is your default answer to any of these questions. What I do say with Thibault is people, this is how people react. Like I already had someone yesterday, King, he said, man, Thibault's minutes trend is, is really worried. Should I drop him? Like it was one game. He played 37 minutes two games ago, and then he played 20 last game. That was not good. Playing 20 minutes was not good yesterday, but there's no trend. It's one. It was one game. And as I have banged on about on this podcast a million times, what he's doing offensively is completely bullshit. It's fluky. Do not rely upon it. He is still just a steals and blocks guy. And if you're getting comfortable of him scoring 15 points with five threes, you shouldn't have because that's just not what he does. So again, King, I think the your general answer is just like, we sort of know who this guy is. Yeah, we do. Yeah, look, he's that was nice. And look, I mean, he's getting a little bit more of an opportunity at least. But yesterday, the uh, the Blazers were blown out. So, yeah, you can look at it. It was 20 minutes. Nurk was back. I don't think that impacts him too much. Um, I don't think so either. So I think he'll be closer to 30 on most nights. So if you, if you rostered him, you should be rostering him for his steals and his blocks. And he got a steal yesterday. It wasn't... Look, he hasn't been good. He's been getting like one steal a game. That's not that good for what he does. Like you need him to get 1.7, 1.8 too, right? But this is the nature of steals. And I talk about this all the time of how wildly variable they are game to game, week to week, month to month, year to year. Like they're all over the shop. And this will just happen. It's shit that it's happening this week and it's happening all games in a row, but it just happens. Like you can't really do much about that. That's just the nature of that category. It's the nature of volatility of low volume fantasy categories as well. Dr. Mario says, in a 16-team league, how many teams should make it to the playoffs? Six or eight? Well, Kingy, I'll let you answer this one first, but I don't think that, I don't think should is a word. Well, it is a word, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Look, I mean, it, it's, it's totally up to you how you want to set your league up. Um, I'm in... I, I, I don't know. Eight for me just works better because I don't really like the buy. Yep. Um, so, so I tend to go with eight because then you go eight, four, two. Um, you could go six if, if you do want to reward those top two teams with a buy, but I think in a 16-team league, probably eight. Again, like, should doesn't really factor into it. Do whatever you want. No. Like, if you want to have four, you want to have four, but the pros and cons of everything is here. The pros and cons of having more teams in the playoffs, like, the pro is that the league becomes more competitive for longer as teams are fighting for those playoff spots. You have 12 playoff spots. A lot of teams are in it right until the very end. The con of that is that yeah, a 12 seed could come through and beat the team that's been the two seed or the one seed all year and you'll tell me that it's not fair and the best team should be rewarded, blah, blah, blah. Right, that's that's what people will tell me. Um, that's a con. The other side, if you have six teams, then four teams are eliminated straight away. They don't set their lineup, or not straight away, really, they don't end up setting their lineups. It skews results all over the place and you still have less engagement in your league. But it brings the best of the best together. It gives bias to those top teams and perhaps rewards their, their value over the, the course of the season. I tend to think go deeper, reward, get the league active for longer, a more fun environment, more battles throughout the end of the season. But it really just is a individual discussion. Like it's not, it's not, it should be one way. Um, let's address the Stephen Adams news that App has trans mentions here. He's out for another four weeks, which is baffling to me. The fact that they're like, oh, no, he'll probably be back into the road trip. Oh, he's, he's doing some, he's doing five on five, and now it's like, nah, sorry, we're gonna just do the, the injury all over again. The same thing. No idea. That's it for him. That's regular season done, basically. We are like we're four weeks away from the end of the regular season. That's it for him. 
So he says, do you think we'll see Jaron Jackson playing center occasionally for the time being? And we get these questions a lot, Kingy. We've, we've seen it. Like, we know what happens with no Stephen Adams and no Brandon Clark. There's been two games of it. We know what happens. Tillman plays yep. 32, 33 minutes. Aldama gets minutes. And Jaron Jackson plays center the, the other time. That's They're the only big... They use David Roddy in there, but there is literally no other center on that team. So we've got to... We know. We know the rotation. We saw it the last two games. And I don't really see that there's any... It varies, foul trouble, all that sort of stuff. Random stuff will happen, but... This is this is it. We we know what it is. Yeah, you're right. It it varies slightly depending on, as you said, fouls, matchups, that sort of thing. But we we generally know what we're going to get. Um, I I streamed in Tillman last night and woke up and I'm pretty happy now. So pretty big W to uh to go get that because we thought um oh, we might get two or three games of these huge yeah. guaranteed minutes and here we go. We have got like rest of the regular season, rest of the fantasy playoffs um with big numbers. So this to stay on Memphis stock twit says, would Dylan Brooks get a boost? All these guys out. He's low ups, I don't know. My waivers are barren and the schedule is good. Kingy, your mate, Dylan Brooks. Uh, yeah, Look, he'll get a boost in terms of shot attempts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably it. Um, look, I, I picked him up in a league, but all I need is points and threes. I and need that's, na- that's all he's going to do, isn't it? Percentages, I don't care about percentages at all. Um, so, yeah, look, yeah, he'll get a boost in terms of taking shots and missing shots. Uh, but that could end up in an extra three per game or something like that. Um, maybe you luck into a steal. That's what I'm hoping for. But uh, I'm not convinced based on what we've seen this season. Mo Bumba's regular season is over as well. He's out at least four weeks with a high ankle oh. sprain. <clears throat> and there's a tweet here from Bobby, Bobby Mark saying he's played a career low 11 and a half minutes since he was acquired at the trade deadline. I literally had people asking me questions. Man, he's <laughs> going to play next to Anthony Davis. He's a must-add, yeah? The... The amount of dick riding for Mo Bamba is crazy. It happens so I, I can't get over how much people just love that bloke, and I don't I don't get it. Anyway, as for Dylan think- Brooks, this this question I don't even know if I need to talk, talk about Bamba anymore. But this Dylan Brooks thing, and it just it's a larger point again. Stephen Adams' injury impacts Dylan Brooks in no way whatsoever. Like it just no. doesn't because Stephen Adams is not a high usage player. It doesn't change anything. Like having Stephen Adams out doesn't mean, all right, more for Dylan Brooks. It doesn't really change a single thing there. Jar Morant being out means Dylan Brooks goes, all right, it's my team now, boys. I'm going to take every shot in the world. That's the impact. And then he shoots 30% on 20 attempts. But people often get this idea, well, man, this center's out. There's more usage to go around. But when you see below average usage players leave a lineup, that just means that it, it doesn't mean that more usage goes. It means that they could actually be replaced by a high usage player. So there are fewer shots to go around. That doesn't always... I'm not saying Tillman is... Tillman probably is higher usage than Adams. I don't know that off the top of my head. But losing a player doesn't just mean that their, sh- their shots... They don't start playing four on five, is what I'm trying to say. Someone else gets in there and takes those uh, takes those opportunities away. Um, Here's a question that I don't have the answer to, but it just brings us to a further point, Kingy. Louis Avia says, Joe Harris or Seth Curry tonight because the Nets are resting everybody... Oh, toss a coin, really. Exactly. Who knows? It's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess if I had to pick one, I might go Curry slightly, but... I, I think Curry's I cause he's got more more upside with assists. Yeah. Um, but what you're going to have, and I don't know whether they're going to start Cam Thomas or not. I think they'll probably start Edmund Sumner. But that this could end up still being annoying because they could still run five guards. Mm. Curry, Harris... Sumner, Thomas, and watch them dust off Paddy Mills. And 
this is not going to have value for their three games in four nights. It's for one game. And while, yes, Curry and Harris have been playing those minutes, the 21 or whatever it was last game they played each, I still think it could be a little bit messy. And it is really... Like, there's no one who can sit here and tell you definitively one of these guys or the other. It's it's a coin toss. So uh, good luck trying to decipher the Nets. Even their big men, like Sharp, Noel, Watanabe. I've got no idea what they're going to do at center. I think they'll probably run three blokes there and it'll be completely frustrating and we won't, you know, it'll just be, well, I knew this or I knew this, but no one did. And we don't really know which direction they're going to go. Noel got the backup minutes, but can he handle starters minutes? Probably not. Can Sharp handle them? Probably not. Can anybody? Probably not. I think it's going to be a disastrous rotation and I cannot wait to break it down on my recap show today. Today's episode is brought to you by Better Help. Life, whether you're a Nets rotation player, or just in general, it can be tough to figure out what is going on. And BetterHelp is here to help you get better and attack life with more viv- vigor and verve. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. And therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk things through. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just choose the person that you want. You fill out some questionnaires and they match you with the guy or the girl who they think is the best therapist for your particular situation. Very easy to do. And if it's not the person that clicks with you, you can just switch at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. Let's go back to the questions now. Kingy, um, all right. Stocked with again. Go ahead. Isaiah Stewart's out too for a month, so that's his season done. All right. Not Not that we really didn't assume that anyway, but. I had, no, I didn't really know what was going on about with Stewart. That's like okay, the left shoulder impingement. Yeah. So immediately we're going to get who's the ad? Like we've seen what's happened, and we still don't know how Duran gets into it. So Duran, Wiseman, Bagley probably probably should all be on rosters. Um, Livers probably moves into four into fourteen team league stuff, but this is not out of the blue. Stewart hasn't played for a couple of weeks. Like we mm. we know we know what this is. Stock Tweet has another question. Um. Do you think it's fair to allow mathematically eliminated playoff teams to make pickups? No consolation prize or last place prize. I think there's no point. People seem to disagree. Kingy, we had someone asking a similar question to us yesterday on Twitter about teams that were out of the playoffs or out of playoff contention. I don't remember the exact scenario in that tweet about making waiver moves. What is your position on that? Oh, look, it's... I ha- I have a feeling you can't even do it on some platforms if, if you're not in the play. Well, if you're not in the play, that's if you're not playoffs. in the playoffs. But that, not if you that's only a setting though. People people yeah. have to set that. But yeah, that, that's only if once the playoffs start and you once, aren't in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, if it's not the playoffs, well, God, if it's not the playoffs yet, imagine how messy your playoffs are going to be. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, look, I mean, I, I think... I think if a team can't make the playoffs, but they still want to go and add players, as long as they're not dropping like a Kawhi Leonard or they're not dropping a, a top tier guy who they wouldn't normally drop, if they're just trying to get their best lineup out there and trying to stream and win their matchup, then I, I'm okay with that. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's a tricky because we, we often complain about teams 
not setting their lineups yeah, exactly. and, and just giving up and, and how does that impact things? This is sort of the reverse question, so I'm not sure there's a right or wrong answer, but but I'm I'm okay with people playing it out till the end. That's a really important point that you bring up because we complain about teams giving up and then giving easy victories to others, yet we're like, oh, yep. you shouldn't make moves. And I think there's... I have absolutely zero zero debate for me. Like, once you're in the playoffs, you just, and you are... And you, once your playoffs have started and you didn't make it, you don't make moves. No. Like, I'm in a... I, I finished seventh in a league with six teams, playoff missed out by... I think it was head-to-head record, right? We had the same record, but that's fine. So, I'm in the consolation round. I don't know why they still even have that. I'm not making a single move. I'm not even... I, I don't care about a consolation bracket at all. I'm not even setting a lineup in that. It doesn't mean a single thing. It means nothing for next season. There's no money involved. There's no draft picks involved. There's nothing. I'm not doing it. Like, it's just... I'm not going in there making waiver moves. And I people go, oh, but what about... Like, it just doesn't matter to me in that consolation. And that's why in any league that I run, there's no consolation bracket. that doesn't exist. There's no point to it. Um, but the, the tricky thing is, is if you are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, I think you do want those guys still setting lineups to make it a more fair experience for the other teams still battling. But I will say this, Kingy, that I think that those teams shouldn't be making trades. Waiver moves, no. sure. Trades, that's where it gets into a little bit of an iffy space. And I think that any trade from someone who's mathematically eliminated should be really cast, look, eyes really cast onto it. And go, yeah, I don't know what the point of this is. Waiver moves, no problem, right? You want to dick people over. You want to grab that guy. I understand that, that completely and set your lineups and still be competitive, all of that stuff. But trades, I would not allow that. Yeah, well, I'm in a league which our playoffs started this week. And last week, in the last week of the season, I won, it's only seven category, and I won 7-0 because the guy I'm against doesn't set his lineup. Um, I actually didn't want to win 7-0 because I'm now playing a team that I I don't... Ma- well, we, we're very similar in our build, so it's going to be hard for me to win. Uh, and another workaround, I'm in a league, a 16-team league, where we have 16 teams in the playoffs. So Interesting. So the regular season is just about positioning then. And acquiring talent for the playoffs—that's, huh? That's interesting because you, you then you can really be working on like it doesn't you know, we talk a lot about playoff scheduling, but oh, you got to get there first. Well, in that league, you don't have to get there first. You just have to load up on guys who are going to be good in the playoffs. That's an interesting. Yeah, interesting and thing. it just makes punting very interesting because you can you can punt so hard mm. and then just be strong in for only five categories, which means you're not going to win. Like, you're not going to be top of the ladder. You you might finish twelfth. But it doesn't matter. You're built for the playoffs because you can beat everyone in five categories. I just had a wild idea. It's it's stupid, and there's going to be massive holes in. It. Imagine you played a league. Let's let's say it was 16 teams, right? But instead of the standard week on week matchup, that we run the season. Let's say it's 20 weeks, but it's like you, like I play you for the first four weeks of the season, and if I lose, I'm out. It's just playoffs, but it's four week matchups. And then you, we just get all the way through. Like, I know your season could be over in four weeks, but yeah. we're just playing these four-week chunk blocks. I know. I feel like doing that yeah. is just like a, yeah, yeah. a a piss-take league, but very interesting because then you know, schedule discrepancies get somewhat eliminated playing over four-week chunks. Yeah. I don't even know why I thought of that. But anyway, that's that. Um, Clement Coe says, can we trust Duran to play regularly from now on? Now, people ask these questions all the time. Can we trust him? I have no idea. We don't know. Like, we don't even know what the problem with the ankle is. We would hope that they would like to see more of Duran and Ivy together, who are literally their two best prospects still available to play this season. 
So I would think that they would want to, especially with Ivy's playmaking improving as it has, they'd want to see those two together as much as possible. But it's the Pistons. They make incorrect decisions every day that they wake up. So that is hard to know. Can we trust him? I would think that if he's healthy, then yes. I don't I don't think he's going to be subject to random rests. We saw him sprain his ankle multiple times. This is not a fake injury situation. So trust, who knows? Will he play? I think that they will get him out there as much as they can. Yeah, yep. Same for me, pretty much. Nick K, just going back on a lot of this stuff we've talked about. Need to win field goal percentage this week. Do I drop Thibel or Dennis Smith to activate Duran? Uh, well, I mean, if you're only after field goal percentage, you could drop either of those guys. Um, yep. Potentially, D- well, I don't know. DSJ, I feel like he's going to give you more of more stuff. Like he'll he'll still give you some assists. Um, steals. Stiebel's really just steals at this point. Yeah, um, he is. Yeah, and that's so, right. Smith gets you those assists and is a good shot yeah. blocker too. So probably Thibel. would I'd drop there. Tend to agree on that one, but it doesn't really matter. When we're looking for field goal percentage, you know, Durance is going to be a clear win there and either of those two, it doesn't really matter that much. Daddy Hassan, is Brunson suiting up today? Thanks for the all caps. Love it. i got no idea, mate. We, we don't know. He's currently questionable and we don't know. All right. Ariel Shields, are there any Hornets players that you would specifically not drop next week with a two-game schedule? Now, obviously, LaMelo Ball is not one of those. So we're talking Oubre, we're talking Rogier, we're talking Washington, Haywood, Williams. Are there any of those players, Kingy, that you would specifically say, no, you have to hold this guy for a two-game week? Uh, it would depend a little bit on what stats, like how you build, your format, that sort of thing. Because I think Mark Williams, as we talked about earlier, is someone you could drop if you don't need blocks and rebounds. Because um, he's very he's very heavily weighted towards only a couple of categories. Uh, who wouldn't I drop? I don't know. Sadly, maybe Oubre, just because he's basically getting all the shots he wants. Um so I might hold him. I'm looking at... Well, if we look at next week, just in general, because you know, a lot of it is relativity as well. The Knicks, the Hornets, and the Jazz play two games. So there are three games with two, three teams with two game weeks, but half of the league plays four. It's not a situation where there's 10 teams playing four games. So it is a big discrepancy there. And when I look at my weekly projections, Mark Williams is actually my highest ranked Hornets player. And he's like 130th for next week. So you know, Rogier's 160th and Haywood's 190th and Oubre's 199th. But yeah, what you said is important because if I'm punting field goal percentage and Oubre probably jumps 70 spots, same with Rogier. Um, I think to me, the most reliable guy there is Rogier. And if I had to hold on to something, again, it's all in a vacuum, right? Like we don't know what your team looks like. Rogier would be probably the one that I would consider holding on to. But given the way that the schedule plays out with other teams playing a lot of games... We are, if you're in your finals week, like I, the two games doesn't, there's no one that good that you have to hold through a two game week. If you're in a weekly league, you probably wouldn't start those players. And that means that if you can get extra games, like sometimes in a one roster spot, you can turn that into five games played. And I believe next week, we don't have any high volume games at all. So you no, can maybe turn that into six games played out of that one roster spot, which is just too much to overcome with a two-game player who, let's be honest, none of these guys are world-beating fantasy players. So I think that, to me, it's Rogier. It could be Oubre. It could be Williams. But in the end, 
I'm not going to look at them, any of those guys, and go, yeah, no, you absolutely have to hold on to them under every situation. I don't think that's accurate at all. We'll get back to more questions in a second. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The end of the NBA season's coming. The playoffs are just around the corner, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers or even three-pointers drained. Today's games, we've got that absolute blockbuster between the Hornets and the Pistons, Kingy. The Hornets are four-point favorites on the road. How confident are you in Steve Clifford's boys getting the job getting the job done over Dwayne Casey's powerhouse Pistons? Uh, pretty confident. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's I I am the Pistons. The Pistons, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm pretty confident yeah. in it as well. But they're only four point favorites, so that's interesting. Plus, Fangio also lets you combine your best bets or your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanjulcom slash locked on. That's fanjulcom slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fangio, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay. Let's get back to some more questions. Joseph Kim, do I think Wendell Carter Jr. will be shut down for the season? This ties back into stuff that we've talked about a lot, Kingy. Like when a coach tells us something, it's very hard to just ignore it. When they say, is it anything serious? Are you expecting him back? Is it serious? No, we're expecting him back. Yes. I don't know what else we can do apart from go with that. Do I think that he's done for the season? If I said that, I'm just directly contradicting what we've been told. So no, I don't think he'll be done for the season. Do I think that he could come back and re-aggravate and be done for the season? Sure. But again, when we get told something specifically, it's really hard to go out here and say, actually, the opposite is true. That's really hard to do. Yeah, look, I, I think, yeah, if, if I had to guess based on what we've heard, as you said, I, I would say yes. Um, I think he might come back. Uh, and I mean, if you look at the standings, Magic uh, mathematically, they're not they're not out of that play-in and window there. So they're miles away from that bottom four as well. Yeah, so so they're not they're not getting well they're not getting one of those bottom three spots. So yeah, I don't know. I, I would think they probably will want to get him back out there. Doctor Mario says in a points league he's holding Mark Williams. I think in a points league is a worse spot to hold Mark Williams. If you want to hold him, it's in category leagues, not in points leagues. But anyway, that's beyond the point there. A lot of questions about Cam Thomas. Um, the value here is, this, just bring it back to that question earlier on, on the Nets, Kingy, because I think this is important to know. Could Cam Thomas have a huge game today? Absolutely. Like I think there's a huge chance of him going from zero minutes last game to playing 30 minutes and scoring 30 points. I think that's distinctly possible. But it's also a situation where he might not play at all on Friday or might not play at all on Saturday, on Sunday on their next two games. So, Part of the reason for attacking the Nets is three games in four nights here. If you've got the ability to stream for one game, like Sharp, Noel, Sumner, Thomas, are all big opportunities here. But I don't think this is the awakening of another Cam Thomas run. It might be one game. It it might be two. They might sit someone the next day. I don't think they will. So I think that needs to be brought up because I, I think a lot of people will look, look at Cam Thomas and they'll see a big game coming today and think that it's a long-term thing. And I'm not sure that that's the case. No, and I think uh, I'm just having a look now, but I have a feeling that 
the the guys that are out they're they're just resting, are they? Most of them. Yes. Um, well, so, Dinwiddie's definitely resting. Cam Johnson's got the, the knee issue, and it's a back-to-back. Claxon, I'm certain, is resting. Royce O'Neill, yeah. I'm certain, is resting. Like, it's all it's all rest. There's no actual injury that I'm aware of for any of those players. Um, and I'm pretty sure they'll all be back on Friday. Yeah. So, so if that's the case, then have a look at what Cam Thomas has done the last week when they've had all those guys fit and healthy. 14 and minutes in nothing. three games. Yeah. So, so Cam Thomas today, sure. We're, I'm, yeah. I'm expecting good stuff. I'm expecting him to start. But after that, he might play 10 minutes combined. I've got no idea. Yeah. It is a tough yeah. one. Yeah. Um, will Keldon Johnson get shut down? I, no idea. Will he get injured? Maybe. Will he miss games? 100%. They're going to they're gonna sit a lot of guys down, down the stretch here. Um, young Sinatra, here's an interesting question. Is Zach Collins a drop? Now, Kingy, give us, just give us your initial take on that. I've got a lot, I've got a lot to say on this one, amazingly. Yeah. Uh, Again, it's it's a bit dependent on what you need, league, where you are. Um, is he a drop? Oh, look, I mean, he's a guy that I've never really targeted heavily. Um, I mean, I think he's been getting minutes. He's had some good games. I prefer Bassey, um, the upside of him. So is he a drop? Yeah, if he was on my waivers, I wouldn't be sprinting really hard to, to run and grab him. So. Uh, here's why you're both wrong. Um, was Zach Collins a drop? Yes. They didn't play for four days. They didn't play Monday, Tuesday, mm. Wednesday, Thursday. But why are you waiting until now to do it? Because they play Friday and Sunday. They've got two games in three nights coming up. Like This is the time that if you've held on this long, what are you waiting for? And or why did you wait this long? And now's the worst time to drop him. And they play four games next week. Yes, there is a back-to-back in there. He might sit one of them. But over the next 11 days, they the Spurs play six games or whatever. 10 days, they play six games. So your opportunity to drop Zach Collins was Sunday to open up a roster spot for four days. So while in theory, sure, you should have dropped him when he sat that game out on Sunday, doing it now feels like a, a really bad move. I don't, I don't know why you would do it at this point. Like you might be not be a big fan of him. I am a decent sized fan of him. But just in terms of balancing the schedule, doing it at this point doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you wait this long to do it? Now is the time that when someone did drop him or Jones or Sohan or Johnson, that you grab him because you've got two games Friday, Sunday, great to end the week. Not many teams have that. And then you've got a Tuesday, Wednesday, back-to-back next week, which again, they're probably going to sit blokes, but they've got four games next week as well, which is a boon to their schedule too. So um, that's important to note. Epic brouhaha. Josh, do some roto questions. Is Anthony Simons a hold in a roto league? Well, I guess so, because in general, your bench in roto serves as extended injured reserve and you don't use it. So why would you? Why wouldn't you hold him? Like we don't have any information. We don't know when he's coming back. He's a good enough player that you can sacrifice one of those bench spots for him, because that is what the bench is for in roto. A bench is an extended IR slot. Whenever I talk about injuries, and and roto bench is an extended IR. A weekly league bench is an extended IR. That's what they're there for. So yeah, why wouldn't you hold him? You don't have to play him. Like you just sit him on the bench. Pretty easy, yeah. I think. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think so. Wasn't that a weird situation, the Anthony Simons thing? So stupid. So, yeah. so absolutely. Because we look at it, grade, grade two ankle sprain, right? That's six weeks. All right, no worries. Yeah. Oh, here he is back in two. Oh, I guess someone lied. Oh, maybe they didn't, and they just completely misinterpreted the situation. He's re-injured you know, 10 minutes into the game. Just, I don't know if it's incompetence. I don't know what it is. But we all raised our eyebrow and went, huh, that feels early. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know how many times that's happened this season, Kingy, where players have come back early and we've gone, that's 
probably a little bit early to come back from that injury, and then the same injury happens straight away, which is frustrating because it's predictable, and that is what ends up getting annoying. Kingy, I didn't realize the time. We're we're out of we're out of time here, which is um, which is great for you because you need to go off and do your other job, and I need to go and do some other work. But thank you everyone for being a part of the show, Kingy. Thank you to you and tell people what you got going on. When's that new podcast of yours dropping? Uh, so I did one with Zach Hanshu last week, um, yep. and then I'm I'm going to be reaching out to you and a couple other guys. I'm blocking today. you. You're blocking me. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll reach out <laughs> to some other guys. Um, so yeah, look. Hopefully, we'll be start start recording some more in the next uh, few days. I, I've just been flat out at work, so which is unfortunate. Um, and Matt uh, Matt Lawson and I'll be starting up a dynasty podcast. Um, in the next few weeks, I think once the playoffs sort of wrap up, we'll, we'll go down that path. So that'll be interesting because I don't know a lot about dynasty. Matt's great at doing the dynasty stuff and getting dynasty information is really important. I can't wait to see that and your other series of shows. Kingy, go follow Kingy and go listen out for those podcasts when he posts them. Thank you again for jumping on and answering questions with me. No worries. My pleasure. Um, yeah, I'll be back on again, hopefully, before the end of the season. I think we'll get you back on. Guys, follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're on YouTube, you thumb it up and you leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. <laughs>